Third episode this week, bro. Oh my god, yeah, because when was the other, when was the first one we did? I think it was last Thursday. Oh yeah, so within, uh, yeah. Or Friday. Within seven days, yeah, so. Yeah. Are you, uh, tired of hearing my voice yet? I'm tired of having to prep, honestly. Yeah, dude, it's, yeah, a little, it's a little much. Luckily, this album would involve, like, almost zero prep work, because there's almost nothing to it. Yeah, I have about two sentences at most to say about the last three songs. <laughs> the Disney songs? Yeah. At least the Marionette, Marionette one's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the best of the three. Yeah. friends Hello. and welcome welcome to welcome think outside, to think the, outside box. the box uh, Shit. <laughs> it's a very spooky episode um it's not halloween yet but it's still spooky <laughs> i don't like I don't change <laughs> and the seasons are changing <laughs> and i'm scared <laughs> Uh, I'm just, I'm just hoping it will stop being 99 degrees and 100% humidity Ooh, in Boston. That's too soon. hot. It's been like it's high hot. 70s out here. Oh god, that's you should move paradise. to Portland. Well, I can't say I'm not thinking about it. Or Seattle area. Ooh, also good. And you could be yes. best friends with Jay. Yeah. I'm so jealous. Yes. Um, actually, I was just looking at the calendar, and this episode is going to come out. I think. Let's see. The 17th of September? We're recording it pretty far in advance, so yeah. a little peek behind the curtain there. Yeah. I think it'll come out the 17th of September, which is right before our one-year anniversary <gasps> on this show. Oh. Yes. Very good. Yeah. So. Happy, um, happy anniversary. Happy us. I got you. I got you something. What did you get me? Uh, is it wood? A um, lackluster review of ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> One of their oh, albums. Oh yes. <laughs> well, oh no. Well, this is. Oh my goodness. This is a real gift of the Magi situation because I also got you a lackluster review of Ab. <laughs> yeah, this is not a very good album. Spoiler alert. There's some great moments, or at least a great moment. There's this a, contains. There's a great maybe, moment. Maybe my favorite Abba song that I've heard so far. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily the best, but it's my favorite. Uh, but the rest of the album is kind of disappointing, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. Hey, it did is. we introduce ourselves? I'm Nathan Hunt. I'm Cameron DeWitt. And this is a podcast about learning to blah, blah. Blah, uh, blah, so ABBA. Today, blah, blah, ABBA, blah, blah. So we're talking about ABBA's album, The Album. The title of it is The Album. So they had a self-titled that ABBA, ABBA, and then they had ABBA, the album, just to confuse people who try to speak colloquially about yeah. them. <laughs> it's a very Wilco move. I still never got into Wilco. Oh, I kind of stopped listening after Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, but they came out with an album a couple years ago called Wilco, the album, ah. which I believe had a song on it called Wilco, the band. Okay. Or Wilco the song? I'm sure they earned it. Well, I don't know about that. 
I guess it was Wilco, the song. So that's cool. Um, so you know how we were talking about how ABBA had really congealed their idea of who they were yeah, in the this last is couple the, episodes? This is the uh, le- the least emulsified. All of the fats <laughs> and all the proteins are separate. It's just completely sloppily melted again. This ain't mayonnaise. That's my review. This is, this is no mayonnaise. I make my own mayonnaise. You do? Yeah. Oh. Is it? It seems like it would be pretty easy. You know, f- figuring out how to uh, how to whip the uh, egg yolk just right with the oil and add it at the right speed was kind of hard for me, but um, mm-hmm. it's easy now. I don't know. Okay. I don't know if everyone had, would have Braggerson. Yeah, I'm real good at it. I don't know if everyone <laughs> would have the same learning curve as I did, but I had a hard mm-hmm. time learning. So, wait, who do you want to learn your curves? What? What? <laughs> what? Huh? Oh no. Um, yeah, this yeah, this so album's all ABBA, over the place. So ABBA is now a prog rock band, but also a Disney movie soundtrack. But yeah. also a pop rock outfit. Oh boy. Yeah. So yeah, this album's all over the place. Um, yeah. Because one of the reasons for that is that the last three songs on this album are from a like weird mini musical that they did. You read about this? Yeah, I didn't. The girl with the golden hair. Yeah, I didn't read the synopsis or anything. It was a mini-musical that ABBA created and performed during each of their 1977 European and Australian concert tour shows. Benny and Buren wanted to offer more than a, quote, run-through of their hits and assorted album tracks. Right. And this new path, quote, symbolized the boys' departure from the pop mainstream. And this, I like this sentence very much because it is very strange. Although the songs received a, quote, less than tumultuous, unquote, <laughs> reception during the first performances of the mini-musical. Wait a minute. Tum- less than tumultuous? You keep using that word. <laughs> Do not think of means what you think of means. I think they mean tumultless. T- <laughs> Temecula. Yeah. Yeah, so for some reason, they had a 25-minute mini-musical and there yeah. are three surviving songs which appear on this album. And it's They're not my favorite. Mostly not great. Yeah. Yeah, this, They're this, pretty generic. This seems like it's sort of an afterthought after their big tour. They're like, I guess we this should album? come out with something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um Yeah. So there's a I have a funny little story from their Australian tour. Um the uh uh f- f- oh shoot i need to like every time before we start i need to listen to albin's um pronunciation guy pronunciation yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you should oh shoot um okay uh Agneta, uh apparently her blonde good looks uh made her the pinup girl of the band and she hated that mm, um yeah. but apparently she wore a skin tight jumpsuit during the australian tour causing one australian newspaper to use the headline anietta's bottom tops dull show <laughs> uh, i don't like that at all no That's not <laughs> objectifying great. and insulting her <laughs> yes uh but i do kind of like the bottom tops <laughs> that's funny uh when asked about this at a news conference she replied don't they have bottoms in australia 
<laughs> that's the thing she's she's like um, um, nonplussed by. Yeah, she's a gamer. <laughs> everyone's got a bottom. Everyone's got a bottom. Yeah, like an opinion. Yeah, so this is like, I, th- I think as far as I know, this is the first time that ABBA's songwriters have experimented with uh, stage musicals. Yeah. And at they least do a convincing them, job, but I mostly yeah, hate stage musicals. I mean, it's so. convincing. <laughs> it's convincingly generic. Mm-hmm. Um, at least one of them, I forget if it's Benny or Bjorn, goes on to... Um, ah, I think it's Benny Anders- Anderson. Um, goes on to work in music, musical theater, co-composing chess... Christina, friend Duvamela, and Mamma Mia. Oh. And he was an executive producer on the film version of Mamma Mia. Oh, there you go. Yes. Oh, wait. We the other, co- the other co- co-composer of those three musicals was none other than Björn Ulves. Oh, there you go. So I guess those two just like kept working together but moved into uh, theater. musical theater instead of ABBA. So they trod the boards as thespians well beside behind the scenes um composers yes um what else i have a little bit of follow-up from our pal john at beyond the box set oh very good so he had he's a big fan of abba john that is from beyond the box set and he has a few uh things to say about abba he's got some good input so apparently uh, this is something that completely caught me by surprise because I was not aware of this. There's a musical genre called Schlager. Hmm. It's a huge genre in Europe, he writes, and basically defines the sound of tracks like I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, which we struggle to categorize. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently it is a more precedented thing than we gave it credit for, perhaps. Okay. And... Wikipedia says it is a style of popular music, which is generally a catchy instrumental accompaniment to vocal pieces of pop music with easy to understand, happy go lucky, and often sentimental lyrics. Hmm. That's kind of Abba's. More you know. Kind of Abba's like fallback plan. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say that. I guess we'll schlaga it up. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it's partly a backlash against American rock and roll. Oh, interesting. Especially in the context of. Uh, one of the songs in this album. Oh, it's all about yes. rock and roll and, uh, yeah. and and pop music. So we'll get to that. Yeah, a little Although later. Abba has has done that a few times in their albums already, where they talk about rock music or rock bands or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, he also said of that song, "I do, I do, I do, I do, I do." He said that song was actually a number one hit in Australia. So I guess that really speaks to Australians taste in music huh can't wait to get over there can you oh i can't wait uh it was a <laughs> i'm dissing that so- i guess i'm dissing that song but it's not that bad uh it said he said their first major international hit after waterloo and basically it saved their careers because record companies in the uk saw the potential in them after it did so well globally and gave the group a bigger push with their next singles sos and mamma mia ah very good oh so it's they might have faded into obscurity if that hadn't been a number one hit in Australia. Thanks, Aussies. Yeah. And then finally, he wrote about the song SOS. He said, disappointed you didn't pick up on the pronunciation in SOS, though. 
you know, how we keep making fun of uh, ABBA for having ESL moments. Yeah. He said, for years, I genuinely thought the opening verse started, where are those happy gays? They seem so hard to find. Yeah. As though Agneta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I went ahead and sampled the song so you can hear how it goes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it definitely sounds much more like happy gays than happy yeah. gays. <laughs> so that was my favorite uh, 50s nostalgia TV show from the 70s. Happy gays. <laughs> because, you know, with Fonzie and all the other ones. Characters yeah. People don't remember. I didn't. Uh, it kind of went downhill after they uh, fucked that shark. <laughs> who, was the, who was the same uh, who was the same gender expression as <laughs> that one character. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> I'm mad because I was trying to think of a jumping the shark joke and I couldn't think of anything. It's the only joke to make. <laughs> it's the only joke you could possibly make about happy gays. I mean, happy days. Yeah. All right. Okay. So shall, shall we talk about this? I mean, I don't know if I have much to say about this. Album. There's not yeah. much here. Maybe let's talk of, uh, let's talk of take a chance. I'm let's t- start yeah. with the best. I don't think it's the best necessarily. <gasps> really? I think this, this is what I was talking about earlier when I said this is perhaps my favorite ABBA song. Oh, well, yeah, we could wait. <laughs> now nah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah, that that's like some of the chorusy parts in the middle, but maybe my favorite parts are expressed in places like the intro, which goes like this. If you change your mind, take a chance, 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 there's a reason it's catchy. It's because Bjorn Ulvaeus, apparently, according to the genius, this might be an actual, you know, useful genius annotation. Um, yeah. So apparently this was number three in America, uh, but Bjorn Ulvaeus enjoyed jogging, and as he ran, he sang a chikacha style rhythm to himself, like in the Take a Chance, and this mm-hmm. evolved into the lines, Take a Chance on Me, around which he wrote mm-hmm. the rest of the words. So, like, he was starting with a rhythmic, like, kind of thing in the first place, and then he built that, a song out of that, which I think is uh, really neat, if that's true. Yeah, or it's a, that's super cool. Yeah, so... but the, It also shows up on Wikipedia, so that also gives it points for credibility. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, so, there's some really interesting stuff going... I think most of the interesting parts of this song are in that intro um, and yeah. during the chorus. Um, but especially the intro when you can hear everything, when it's just a cappella. Um, so there, there is, this is something I talk about a lot in ABBA, but th- there is a shortening of a phrase. Um, uh, so instead, you know, normally it's normal pop song would have like be in four, four time, you know, groups of four beats. And then it would be mm-hmm. like, you know, four beats, f- four groups of four beats. And, you know, it's sort of 
Uh, Sounds like a day at the farm. Arley Square. Um, But uh, some really interesting stuff can happen. um, And the way it affects lyrics, too, uh, not just musically, um, when you uh, change the form. Um, So, in this intro... Um, the first half of the stanza, if you change your mind, I'm the first in line, honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. That's all square. But then the second Mm -hmm. part, um, on the word feeling, it cuts a measure in half and then it starts two more measures after that. Um, so it has a really irregular form. And the really interesting part about it is that the take a chance, um, I guess you could call it an ostinato, um, Cont- even oh, though th- I, I would definitely call it that because yeah. I, I absolutely know what that means. So I, okay. I throw that word around like it's nothing. Yeah, I would definitely call it that. I don't know if an ostinato has to technically be an instrumental thing or not, but it works like an instrumental, uh, like a repeating pattern in music. You know? um, I had a nice ostinato at the coffee shop earlier yeah. today. <laughs> uh, so he uh, Chicka Chance starts on beat one. Um, once it comes in, so it lands on mm-hmm. the chicka chance, uh, take a chance, take a chance, take a chicka chance. Um, that part starts on B1, but then it, it, it keeps looping around even when the measure gets cut in half. And so then after, if you're feeling down, then the chicka chance is on beat three and it continues ah. on beat three through the entire uh, rest of the second stanza of the chorus. Um, so it takes the beat and it shifts it over to two beats. Um, oh. yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> um, so I have a, I like a sound sample, um, from where the, where the switch happens and hopefully you'll uh-huh. be able to hear it. You know, the 14 second rule is kind of limiting, but you can at least get an idea. You know, I've been doing more than 14 seconds. So if you want to, you well, know, maybe I will a little bit. I've been doing more like 20, 21 seconds. I've been wondering. You know, because we have fade-ins fade ins and fade-outs, so that, that lops a few seconds off, sort of. Right. Also, hey. please don't sue us, everyone. Okay, please don't sue us. But they, mostly record companies. I mean, all of that ABBA... <laughs> but also everyone. All of that ABBA stuff is still available on, <laughs> like, the early episodes of Mabim Bam. This is also part of the... Re- the Take a Chance song is part of the reason why we chose ABBA, is because in the early episodes of My Brother, My Brother and Me, one of my favorite podcasts, and I would assume also... One of your favorite yeah. podcasts, Nathan. Um, yep. it, it starts with uh, this song, the acapella part. Yes. So, anyway, uh, you want to well, play let's, that sample? Let's hear how it shifts shifts beats like yeah. a like a uh, like a dishonest farmer at the market. <laughs> You hear that? Not. It's hard to hear. So, which is the measure that gets cut in half? Okay. So, um, when she when the when she sings, if you're feeling down, that's when the measure is cut in half and a new measure starts. Um, ah. so, so d- let's listen to it one more time, but for people listening, uh-huh. we're going to start on the, the lines. If you need me, let, let me know. And beat one is if you need, if you uh-huh. need me, let me know. Gonna be around. Those are beat once. So you'll hear the chicka chance, uh-huh. uh, on that part. Okay. Gotcha. I'll try to hear it. 
So the, the first, so wait, the like instrumental keyboard part is its own measure and it comes after the measure that's cut in half? Um, yeah. Okay, gotcha. When it, when it goes, don't dean, don't dean, don't dean, that's when the new measure starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and so then it's chicka chance, chicka chance, chicka chicka chan chance. Oh, okay. Yeah. I gotcha. As opposed to, yeah. uh, chicka chan chance, chicka chance, chicka chance, or whatever it is. You know, yeah. But it yeah. switches around. You know, I, I, I really dig that, that about ABBA is that they're doing really interesting stuff that is not super obvious to the untrained ear. Like, yeah. um, like basically anyone can tell when there's a super cheesy key change like Garth loved to do all the time. It's like, yeah, we can hear that. It's very obvious. But ABBA to an untrained ear like mine, because I do not know that much about musical theory and have not really studied it in the way that Cameron has. I just hear like, oh, there's something interesting happening, but I don't I'm not necessarily able to put my finger on it or express like why. Yeah, but your brain knows that it's interesting because even if you're not trained. Oh, thank you. <laughs> one's brain knows uh, because <laughs> even if you're not trained to uh, um, explain it, um, you are like you have maps. Everyone has maps in their head for how to listen to pop music. Wait, wait, they don't love you like I love you. Okay. <laughs> You want me to wait but, for that? Wait, 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 what? Wait. <laughs> Can we listen to that one more time? You, you know that song. You know that. Okay, you, you get that reference. You know that song. I actually right? don't know that song. Oh, let me see if I can. Um, I, I tried this new thing where I'm, I'm hoping that I can. Um, uh, Bring up samples on the fly. Spotify. Yeah. Okay. Fly samples. Say, 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 oh, say, say, say. Oh, I know the song. Yeah. Wait. I don't like all of you. Okay, you're right. <laughs> Maps. I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> uh, play, okay. Play well, that was a lot of work for. <laughs> play, t- <laughs> play, take a chance one more time, and uh, I want now. I want you to listen for when they change the note. Because they also changed the note at interesting times. Oh, you mean of the chicka chick parts? Yeah. Okay. So because they, they, they change they... chords with the, the the two boys Benny and Bjorn, uh, they're making a chord. So the... I think they're just doing a fifth, and then they jump up. If I remember right. Well, so you, you just like hear them jump. You like you hear their shoes hit the the floor again. Yeah. <laughs> They're just jumping up and down. <laughs> the hopping Swedes. I love them. All right, listen. Here comes. Yeah, there it is. Okay, I can definitely hear that. Yeah. That much is like fairly easy to, to hear if I do say so myself. Yeah. Um, but the, the rhythmic part is like a little bit harder for me to discern. Man, this is like, this is a, would be a great candidate for an acapella group to totally ruin this song. Yeah. <laughs> the the whole the, the thing that makes the song really fun is that it's a it's a rock song you know a rock pop song with an acapella break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. If there's an if there's someone singing like during it, that would suck. <laughs> uh, speaking I of the, to the erasure, oh, 
I was going to say, speaking of the uh, 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 non-acapella uh, parts of the song, uh, there's a great like uh, synth arpeggiator um, later on. Arpeggiator, I hardly knew her. That's so great. Yeah. Sorry, Eraser? What? Oh, I listened to the Erasure cover version of this song, and it is not very good. All right. <laughs> um, and part of it is because it is has no acapella really whatsoever. It just, like, oh, launches into some What's the dude. fucking point? I know, right? It's like, it's a deep, you know, the lyrics are fine. Once again, this is an example of, like, not one of the most lyrically interesting or, like, reaching songs. They're good, but they're mm-hmm. they're kind of um, plain for the most part um so like it's yeah. not it's not like the lyrics it's it's all about the production the way they put it together you know yeah i mean i, I kind of dig that this song is kind it's, of like you know if if you end up not in a relationship i hey i'm, I'm still here i'm still around I'm yeah still free. and the, instead of being like you should leave everyone for me or you know he doesn't love you. <laughs> yeah, they don't love you like I love you. Right. Maps. Wait. Now there um, were some Garth Brooks songs, uh, at least one, if not uh, like twenty, that, 50, ha- that yeah. are the exact same song, um, that were just god awful. Now I think <laughs> I think the thing that um, makes that sets this apart is that the music is really good, and the music gives this character a sort of like positivity they're just like hey when you you know let me know yeah <laughs> like <laughs> what's yeah like uh there's kind of like a positivity there's not a desperation there um yeah. they're just they're, they're just kind of kindly saying like hey i think we i think we would be pretty good together let me know yeah it's like low pressure just like positive it's the positive alternative yeah. They literally say, if you need me, let me know. Come be around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you got no place to, like, they even kind of offer friendship. If you got no place to go, if you're feeling down, um, it's, it sounds like they're offering like, Hey, you know, if you're free at some point, you know, I'd, I'd be interested in, you know, doing this relationship thing or, I mean, they don't explicitly say or, but it also sounds like they're saying that if you just need, you know, someone to talk to, I'll, I can be your friend. Which is, I feel like, a very mature way to talk to somebody. Yeah. You know? This is an emotionally mature song uh, that's both vulnerable and confident at the same time. It's just, like, Mm -hmm. it's great. But, really, I think it's the music that sells it. If this was, like, a... If the the music was dreary, then this wouldn't be fun. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a whole ba-ba-ba-ba-ba section at the very end. (laughs) Which the there is. Will. Oh, I wish I had sampled that. Well, listener, right. go go listen. It's on Spotify. Just go listen. Yeah, it's there's on a ba 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 at the this end. Is such a good song. And it's super yeah. fun. Yeah, I love this song. Um, and I first heard of it went on the the podcast. My brother, my brother and me, bam, yeah. bam. And I was like, "What is this song? This is really cool." Yeah. And I was surprised to learn it was ABBA. I think we've mentioned that before, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> Yes. Let's uh let's talk about the song Eagle. Oh my God. 
so I was listening to this song to sample it and uh, Rachel overheard it and she asked uh, what porno I was watching hey, hey. <laughs> because the intro kind of sounds like a prog rock band uh, playing porno music <laughs> very good yes so this song is pretty rough going this is the first song on the album it's the Uh. opener right before take a chance on me (laughs) and it is rough going so yeah what is this song about it's like (laughs) It's pretty self-explanatory. Flying high, high. I'm a bird in the sky. I'm an eagle that rides on the breeze. So they're just inhabiting the character of an eagle that's just flying around doing eagle eagle stuff. The so the verses are about um, like having friends who are like world travelers. I think they're just feeling like very elevated. Maybe this is no. Like I think later on I think in the they're career about other eagles. Okay. They came flying from far away. Now I'm under their spell. I love hearing the stories that they tell. You don't think this is about they just had their first world tour. They probably dropped a lot of acid and like traveled around. Like you don't think that this is about them feeling no, like it's lofty eagles. thoughts. It's like no, no eagles. eagles. Okay, great. Hashtag eagles. As all good friends, we talk all night and we fly wing to wing. I have questions and they know everything. So these are like wise, old, well world traveled eagles. Yeah, these are like some like Lord of the Rings eagles. I know, right? They're carrying wizards all over the place. Yeah. (laughs) I'm an eagle that rides on the breeze. All right. So this is a song about eagles. It's just called Eagle. And they they rhyme flying high with I'm a bird in the sky, which is, I mean, that kind of unprecedented rhyme just like blew my mind. Uh, Fire desire. Um, I have one. (laughs) I have one. uh, you desire fire? I do. Well, I, I feel the need for desire. speed, so <laughs> maybe those can be compatible. Yeah. You make me smile. Eagle, what you, you say have, for a you while. Have, you, <laughs> you have a sound sample that you have entitled "Eagle Noodles Wanks and Vague Spaghetti Western." <laughs> uh, what's that last word? Sounds cut off. Sounds. Technically, yes. I, the because I there's limited. Uh, punctuation in uh, naming files uh it just well, says there is e- for windows it says eagle noodles <laughs> eagle noodles yeah <laughs> i would love a nice bowl of eagle noodles so i don't, I don't think i really have to explain it much more than that Yeah, so I feel like there's a lot of um, kind of faux spiritual, like there's a lot of like spiritual flutes in this album and a lot of just sort of like kind of like things that I um, associate with like kind of hippie, lofty, vague spirituality. Um, That's kind of like the vibe I get from a lot of the songs on this album. Uh, And this kind of set the stage for that a little bit. It leans into it a little heavier, but like, yeah, the lyrics are just so like, (laughs) like they just got a like airbrush shirt (laughs) or something. (laughs) So preposterous. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What if we were Eagles? Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> there was uh, something to think about. What if Eagles? Yeah. What if Eagles? Come on. Um. All right. Let's stop talking about this dumb song. Uh, what <laughs> so else? Dumb. I have the most things to say about one man, one woman. Okay. Want to talk about that? <laughs> sure. Okay. This is a Garf song. It's totally a Garf song. <laughs> this is a Garf Brooks song. <laughs> yeah. So the title, we, we were looking at the album last week and we we're like, uh-oh, there's a song called One Man, One Woman. <laughs> but but well. before it was the political slogan of hate groups and small-minded zealots, it was a desperate and hollow clinging to hope for ABBA. Yeah. It's a pretty dark song about... <laughs> Um, well, the the verses are very dark, and then it kind of brings it to this triumphant chorus that uh, is made pretty clear is uh, kind of a delusion, essentially. So yeah. the first verse goes, No smiles, not a single word at the breakfast table, though I would have liked to begin so much that I want to say, but I feel unable you leave and slam the door like you've done so many times before, and I cry and I feel so helpless. Holy shit, that's dark. No. And then the chorus goes, one man, one woman, two friends, and two lovers somehow will help each other through the hard times. I don't know if they're going to help each other through the hard times. <laughs> we we know that really they don't. Like they will. <laughs> yes. At least, at yeah. least not uh, like th- through the legal bonds of marriage. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is this album came out a year before at least one of the couples in ABBA oh, yeah, got divorced. Yeah. So this is... Uh, I mean, ABBA has always had some darker lyrics than the music would lead you to believe. Um, but this is like a, a pretty strong example of that. And I think it's becoming a little bit more autobiographical. Yeah. Outside, I can see the sun through the open window. Inside, everything feels so cold. What's wrong? What is happening? Where did all our love go? Sometimes when I just can't cope, I cling to a desperate hope, and I cry, and I feel like dying. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Oof. That's, uh, uh, but then that's there's, a, there's a little bit of hope in the third verse. Um, daydreams of a better life, but I have to wake up. The sound of the key in the door... You smile and I realize that we need a shake-up. Our love is a precious thing, worth the pain and the suffering, and it's never too late for changing. Yeah, but I think the first line of that of that verse, daydreams of a better life, but I have to wake up, I think that makes it very ambiguous as to whether the hopeful rest of the verse is a daydream or if it's her waking up. I think the daydream is her thinking of not being in a relationship with this person. Um, oh, interesting. Like, oh, if I could hmm. just be freed from this burden, then I would be happy. But then she's, she's, uh, she's I don't know if that's supported anywhere in the song. Um, it kind of sounds like she has to wake up cause she hears the sound of the key in the door. Um, mm. to I me, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, especially, especially, yeah. Like our love is a precious thing worth the pain and suffering. I think she's, 
comparing the pain and suffering yeah. of being in a relationship with another person and and it being challenging with um having daydreams of being comfortable um yeah when it's, i believe that she feels that that their love is a precious thing i don't really think that he necessarily thinks that or feels that Bjorn or Benny? <laughs> I don't know which one it, it, this one is about. Now, I mean, I mean technically, it's written by the those the men. Yeah, but it kind of sounds like it's. I mean, maybe it's like a gender swap thing where this is uh, the perspective of of one of the men in their relationship with one of the women or something. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe there's six like, people we, though because it's one man, one woman, uh-huh. two friends, and two true and, lovers. Oh, okay. Maybe it's. Just, so I mean it is still the 70s yeah I mean they're just having one of those parties if you know what I mean yep the password is Fidelio (laughs) Uh, do you want to play this intro I do yeah (laughs) it's like a white white snake or something sounds like a Garth intro (laughs) this could be a this uh, this could be a, a Garth song if that was like played on the fiddle or something. It kind of reminds me of um, like Keith Green. You ever listen to Keith Green? <laughs> <laughs> no, I never have. He's a, I listen to Keith Blue. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Keith Mauve. Keith. <laughs> it's pronounced Mauve. Mauve. <laughs> you feel it? Is it really? <laughs> yeah. All right. It comes from French. Mauve. All right. Mauve. Um. I don't know if I have anything else to say about it. I mean, I said I had the most to say about this song, but maybe even that is not that much. Um, what do you want to talk about, Maybe Cameron? we can briefly talk about uh, the name of the game. The name of the game. So the interesting thing about this song is, well, and when I say interesting, I don't necessarily mean great, um, but there, <laughs> this is a song okay. um, about a woman who is um, hopefully a, a woman and not a, like, teen. Actual child? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Who is uh, um, going on dates with a man and the way that the song is set up it makes it seem like there is a definite like power imbalance um i've seen you twice in a short time only a week since we started it's it seems to me for every time i'm getting more open-hearted um and blah 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 i think i can see in your face there's a lot you can teach me and then there's a lot more language Mm. like that um tell me please because i have to know i'm a bashful child beginning to grow um yeah kind of uncomfortable uh (laughs) i really like in the bridge that the lyrics are and you make me talk do 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 you make me feel do (laughs) exactly (laughs) we got some more adult baby play yeah it always comes back to that yeah so the i don't know well who wrote this song is it just benny and bjorn again yep and stig anderson i don't know if it's anderson or anderson 
Stieg Anderson. It so doesn't this, have the double double S like Benny's last name has. So this is another situation where it's like if this were men singing from the like about a a girl or like a a very young woman, like it would be a lot more uncomfortable. Um, yes. but it's kind of more palatable, even though it's written by men, it's more palatable, um, with having the women sing it, um, because it's, yeah, I mean, I wonder it's still if, uncomfortable. if they change, Ugh. I wonder if they change the way they write because they're writing for women to sing, you know, well, like, I wonder if that like helps them be a little bit more woke than they would otherwise be. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, there's definitely like a, like a power imbalance here. Um, especially in the chorus, you know, like what's the name of the game? Um, like there's a sense that this, this woman is being played a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a suspicion. She's not sure. So she's asking, she's, it's a basically a define the relationship song. Yeah. (laughs) Oh no. What's the name of the game? What's going on here? Our university, (laughs) our alma mater is coming up so much lately in this podcast. So much. Yes. (laughs) We love the, that was a very popular, um, acronym at, at our university and people were constantly having DTR conversations. Yep. Which I especially mean, are because important. they <laughs> are, but it was especially forced because of the whole dating culture at that university forced a lot of people to have sort of predatory friendships. Yeah. <laughs> where you would like quote unquote, make friends with someone to try to date them and try to weasel your way in with them. And you had to be like friends for a long time before you could ask them out. Oh boy. It was, I mean, asking someone out was essentially tantamount to asking them to marry you. Right. Which is, I don't think I have to say that's a little bit unhealthy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, it worked out for me and Becca, but basically for no one else. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um,. Well, there's there's one musical moment that I like in this pretty well. Um, it's it is the doo doo moment. <laughs> Ironically, uh, you do like doo doo. I, I do. I know that about you. And you make me talk. And you make me feel. And you make me show. What I'm trying to. That is really cool. I like that it's just the bass drum and. Uh, it's yeah. almost like a like soul background yeah. vocals. It's really great. nice. And and her yeah. voice, um, you know, we were just reading a review of the last album where what's his name, the Rolling Stone, Ken Tucker. He was saying that uh-huh. like they that the women singers are really shrill, um, which is sh- a shitty thing and sexist thing to say. Um, yes, and wrong <laughs> and wrong. Yeah, um, but uh, fuck you, Rolling Stone. I do. Um, I love their, their high, loud voices. Um, but it was, her voice sounds really good in that low register, like the lead singer yeah. in there. Play it again so people can just like listen to how like sultry it is. Yeah, sultry. And you make me talk. Yeah. <laughs> and you make me do you think that's, do you think it's double tracking where she is also singing the background vocals and the main vocals? Oh, uh, cause it does sound like it's like, it's at least two women on the background vocals. I think, oh, uh, there's men singing in the background vocals too. Oh really? Maybe that's what I'm hearing. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't really tell over Skype. I'd have to listen again, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Wait, are you saying, are you implying that Skype doesn't have perfect crystal clear <laughs> no, audio quality? It doesn't. What? <laughs> no. Blasphemy. Uh, yes. All right. Um, I'm, I'm probably ready yeah. to talk about Hole in Your Soul. Um, what do you think? Sure. I don't, I, that, I don't that's much. basically the yeah. last song that I have things to say about, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there's... The song called Move On that uh, is notable mostly for the what the fuck um, spoken word moments that oh open my God. the song. About that. <laughs> this is how it goes. They say it's a Voyager. Oh, that's very, very poor decision making. <laughs> That almost never sounds good. That kind of like weird spoken word thing. Yeah. <laughs> unless unless it's being used for like like uh in a musical for like a scene. Like uh in Rocky Horror Picture Show with the song about um Eddie that the criminologist sings. The cr- criminologist? <sighs> Criminal crime crime criminologist. Now who pronounces words bad? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say it all wrong um for comedic effect no, but i might have you. just accidentally gotten the <laughs> word right i might have gotten the word right you don't get it off that easy pronounced wrong <laughs> uh crimenoptera um what is that guy's name what is the this is more interesting than talking about the the song i swear uh oh i guess it is criminologist i was trying to come up with a a silly way to say it but i just all i ended up doing was pronouncing it wrong uh he's a crimological researcher uh but yeah he has the spoken word intro to the song about eddie which is called what is it called eddie okay <laughs> it's called. great it's called eddie <laughs> yeah oh god you've seen that movie right nope no oh i need to make you watch that we should make that a bonus episode okay like completely apropos of nothing not related in any way to the music we're listening to i think you would really enjoy it you're the one person who says that like um i should specifically experience it outside of the like you know performative viewing culture oh do not go see it in a movie theater (laughs) it sounds like the most annoying fucking thing ever like it's like the whole culture that's grown up around it sounds super annoying and I mean, okay, I'm talking on my ass because I actually don't know that much. And I know it's been like an important community event for a lot of uh, non-hetero or non-cis people. So I, I should be more respectful. But the, 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 way, the way that I seem to understand it taking shape and happening is that people famously thought of this as a bad movie. And so they gotcha. started doing interactive things. Like uh, like they later did for the room where people throw like cutlery at the the screen, and maybe that's a wrong interpretation or it is not understanding it the right way, especially in context. But the thing about it is that this is an actually a great movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like like for some reason it, it like has this pop culture reputation among a lot of people as like this famously like awful movie, but it's actually fucking amazing. It's super kitschy. Maybe that's what people are reacting to, but right. it's great. Anyway, that was more interesting than talking about that. What is so? Were we talking about a song again? Uh, move on. It's called move on. Let's move on from that song. 
so, and talk about hole in your soul or my soul. Someone's hole. Great. There's that rock and roll we were talking about. That's what rock and roll sounds like. Oh God, I just noticed the genius annotation on this song is from someone called Seeger Dog, and they simply say, Car Radio. <laughs> Okay. I would venture to say that they might have a hole in their soul. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, what 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 is this song about? I like, like living life to the fullest somehow, and maybe not, maybe a, a full life, not necessarily being a peaceful, non-confrontational life, and that sort of being um, exemplified in rock and roll music somehow. Do you think that's? I, I think you're attaching a lot uh, more depth to this song than actually is there. Well, I didn't think that there was much depth to it until. Um, well, can you play that? Uh, hold on. I'm trying to. Find, I will hold on. I'm trying to find the example. Juxtaposition or conga breakdown. <laughs> the juxtaposition part. Yeah. Um, Nathan, I'm having a really hard time finding those lyrics. Oh, that's because I'm looking at on the genius. On. It's because I'm looking at Move On. That's why Move On dot org. <laughs> You're not going to find the lyrics on Move On dot org. You have to go to Genius dot com. Okay, uh, so in <laughs> you dummy. <laughs> okay, so um, they sing. Um, you paint your world and use. So this is the this is what this is how I'm defending my what I'm getting from this song. You paint your world and use all colors. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then you find it all comes out uh-huh. too bright. You know it's only a lie. Uh huh. Uh huh. Wait, if if you use all colors, doesn't that? I mean. Theoretically, it would like be black, right? But that usually just ends up like a weird muddy brown. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure that they're like blindly just throwing paint on. Yeah, um, the <laughs> songs you that Pollock. The songs you sing are too romantic, uh, and when you want the truth, they only spit in your eye. Oh Wait, yeah, the songs on- spit in your eye. Yeah, they're only songs telling you spitting. lies. There's got to be rock and roll to fill the hole in your soul. So that's why I think that's what they're trying to get at. It's all in that bridge. Uh, okay. Well, there's a lot of badly mixed metaphors there. Songs are spitting in people's eyes and telling you lies. Yeah. Uh, uh. Is it a mixed metaphor? Yeah, really what does spitting in your eye mean? What, what, are you, what are you talking about? The song is spitting in your eye? Yeah, but spitting in your eye is an idiom, right? I, okay, I guess it's not technically a mixed metaphor. It is a poorly used metaphor. All right. Um, I kind of like this it's, song. It's just like bizarre to try to think of an abstract concept spitting in someone's eye. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's how like that's what they're setting it up for, and you're just like refusing to engage with that. You know. Oh well, yeah. 
they're they're saying that these like sort of like um pretty and simple and comfortable songs are like kind of an enemy and that you actually need like something that's a little more down to earth um, with anemones like that who needs fronds So they uh, they've been trying to write a rock and roll song and a what is rock and roll song what does rock and roll mean song for a while I think yeah they've been trying to figure out like what their relationship with rock and roll is and they've been trying to do it through means meta um, and I think this is the closest they've gotten um, and I think this is the best attempt because it sounds like it's just another like you know sort of song about rock and roll and how great it is um but i think that bridge is a little more interesting um especially given like in context of abba being the ones that sing it um because they're actually able to really beautifully sing that like um non-rock and roll part in the beginning of that sound sample you know like they sound really pretty and uh i think they're just I think there's a meta moment in there about their own music. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, if you say so, I'm mostly just like bored and I don't care grump. about the lyrics, but I do, <laughs> I do appreciate the music and I think this is a fun song musically. Yeah. And it's like, especially that, the, those like very anthemic vocals in the, uh, verses. It's very, it's almost like a, like a precursor of eighties pop. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, do you want, do you want, um, scream yeah, the, to conga breakdown? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a fun breakdown. I think it's conga drums. Uh, they sound lower pitch than bongos. Um, and there's a very impressive rock and roll scream. Oh. <laughs> and then it cuts out. Yeah. Okay, that's a pretty fucking awesome moment. Yeah, I dude. I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mostly don't care about the lyrics, but musically, this is kind of a bop. Yeah. It's a real kid's bop. <laughs> it's a real baby bop. Baby bottle bop. I want my baby bop, baby bop, baby bop. Abba's right. baby bops. <laughs> Barbecue sauce. Um... Shall we talk about move on? We just did. You wanted did to we? move on from it. Oh, that's right. Oh, you had you had one more sound sample, but I mean, no. I guess mostly it's just because it sounds like a Wes Anderson uh, soundtrack. Yeah, which I totally meaning, agree with. I've been meaning to say that about like most of these songs. They sound like something that Wes Anderson would put in one of his soundtracks. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> those flutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think because it, it definitely sounds like something from like early kinks records or something mm. like which um wes anderson loves to use all right should uh, we okay. wrap up yeah i mean do you want to talk about the musical songs at all should, should we at least listen to some of the samples yeah yeah okay here's one called thank you for the music all i want is to sing it out loud so i say Thanks for all the joy they're bringing. Who can live without it? 
So this definitely sounds like a fairly generic musical from the 70s that has not aged well. Right. That's essentially, I mean, I'm kind of writing it off, but that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, I was unable to listen to these. I mean, I did technically <laughs> listen to them. Yeah. But I did not listen with my heart or my mind. Nope, nope me either. Um, there's a second one called I Wonder that's essentially the same thing. Kind of slow ballady. Um, the intro is like, has this moment that I hate. Those fucking <laughs> chimes. Oh, my God. Um, but the third the third of the musical songs is called I'm a Marionette, which is actually kind of a good song. I'm a marionette, like a wicked clown song. Yeah, right? Yeah, I don't know if it's... Not, well... I don't know if it's necessarily like a good, good song, but it at least is doing interesting stuff. And we get a King Kong bing bong in the first verse. (laughs) Something's wrong. Got a feeling that I don't belong as if I had come from outer space, out of place like King Kong. Ding dong, bing bong. (laughs) Sing song. Sing song. Um, Yeah, this looks like this would be more interesting if it wasn't part of a musical because it would seem like it was a song about the women singing the song written by the men <laughs> like I'm a marionette yeah. and it yeah. just still, still technically could be but yeah you're so free that's what everybody's telling me yet I feel like I'm outward bound pushed around refugee so mm-hmm. I wonder if there's any any metatextual kind of stuff mm-hmm. in there I don't know yeah. like I a don't doll know what like the, a puppet with no will at all did we look up the plot to this What's it called? <laughs> it's called uh, The Girl with the Golden Hair or something. Isn't that uh, a Debbie yeah. song? The Girl with the Flaxen Hair? I don't know, actually. It's a p- piano piece, I think. Oh. All right, let's, let's look Wik- this up. Wikipedia kind of dunks on it and said, this quote-unquote 25-minute opus had a thin storyline about a talented small-town girl leaving her hometown on her quest for stardom, and each song is supposed to represent a different part of her personality. Yeah. So Wikipedia is highly critical. Yeah, Anyeta and Frida both played the woman, sometimes by themselves and other times together. They wore matching blonde wigs and costumes for, in quotes, um, optimum dramatic effect. (laughs) It's that phenomenon you love where there are multiple singers being the same person. Yeah. I love that feeling of just sort of asking, "What what am I listening to right now? Yeah. Who doesn't love that feeling? Yep. All right. Shall shall that shall that be the end? Should we wrap up? Should is that it? Yeah. Okay. So I have. I don't know if you brought any extra content. I didn't find any hilarious reviews or anything, but I happened to stumble across a Yahoo Answers. Uh, speaking of Mabim Bam, this is their one of their main things on the show is to read Yahoo Answers and make fun of them. So we're stealing their bits. All right. So. Uh, sorry, something's gone wrong. Uh, the user is will not load because Yahoo Answers is a garbage website from the trash can. Uh, but someone asks Abba the singer, 
What happened to the singer ABBA, quote, ABBA, when everybody burnt her records and everything? What made them do that? <laughs> Update. The one who sings Dancing Queen. <laughs> ABBA, what happened? Where, where are they now? <laughs> where is her? Where is she now? Where's ABBA? <laughs> where Someone is she? tell me where ABBA is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, there's a little genius annotation here on uh, Take a Chance on Me for the line, Honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so in case I was confusing, why are they talking about honey? Uh, the use of the word honey is usually used in an endearing manner towards a significant other. Oh, wait. I thought they were talking about honey the food. No. Oh. Well, I guess that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I ask of you, colon, Honey. <laughs> Maybe maybe they're just asking for honey. Yeah. That's all I ask of you. Honey. That's all I want. That's all I want. All right. Well, that's the end. You can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us, Tobias Podcast. Uh, if you wouldn't mind writing us a review on iTunes, that would be very good for us. Or you can support us directly at support.boxset.website. If you send us a little bit of money on our Patreon... Uh, you get access to all of our bonus content, which includes uh, longer bonus episodes every month or two, but also a weekly show called What's in the Box Weekly. And what do we talk about this week, Cameron? Uh, we talked about the uh, Japanese animated film Your Name and uh, the programming language Python and how much uh, Nathan loves it. And how big of a fucking nerd Nathan is. Yes. Yeah, big time dweebazoid with his pocket protector. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You can also listen to if 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 you listen to our show and listen to our our bonus episodes and you still haven't gotten enough of Cameron every week, you can also listen to his other show which is called Get Up in the Cool and it's all about old-time music. We both have imperative uh podcast titles. Think outside the box set. Get up in the cool. Yeah. If you if you're a sub and you like to be bossed around, you can go listen to that podcast too. Uh, yeah, get up in the cool old time music, banjos, fiddles. Uh, there is live performed music on every episode. I don't know if I've made that clear. Uh, it's not a pre recorded music show. Uh, every right. guest that I have on plays music with me, and um, it's mostly unrehearsed. But that works really well in this particular idiom. So it's like very. Um, very candid music. It's the podcasting uh, equivalent uh, of of music genres. Yeah, so, very exactly. candid. Yep. So until next week with Abba's album from 1979. It's called Voulez Vous. I can only imagine that the subtitle is Coucher avec moi ce soir. <laughs> <laughs> until next week, where we talk about Voulez Vous. I've been Nathan Hunt, and I'm doing Eagle stuff. Uh, and I'm Ben Cameron to it, and I'm gonna go wink my eagle noodle. <laughs> oh God! Uh, I'm Nathan Hunt, and this is no mayonnaise. Have you like kept up with Wes Anderson? Did you see Isle of Dogs? No, I don't love dogs that much. I was more like, <laughs> I don't love dogs. <laughs> Must hate dogs. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> the truth about dogs yeah hmm. and cats i guess um yeah i i never saw it i actually going back to our pals at beyond the box set they reviewed it and they were kind of lukewarm about it and i was like eh, okay they, they have a uh for their supporters they have a weekly or even sometimes more than weekly i think i don't know they do a lot of them where they uh they have like sort of a sideshow that's 20 to 30 minutes where they review a movie a lot of times well, movies that familiar. are in uh in the theaters they reviewed paddington after i suggested it to oh, them very good yeah um and they were kind of lukewarm about i love dogs so i was just like yeah I'll see it eventually when it's on Netflix or something. Yeah. I, I wasn't that into the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, how come? Either. It was just, I don't know, it was a little bit too Wes Anderson-y. Yeah, is he... A little bit too much of him. Are we just, like, kind of getting tired of, like, like kitschiness well, and cuteness? Is it is it an aesthetic okay. thing? Because I the like his that, characters, and I like... Uh, I guess. I don't know. The thing it reminded me of the most is, I think it was you telling me about this where there are recipes and people who like to like say bake a batch of cookies then grab all those cookies and grind the cookies up into a flour <laughs> which they use to bake other more cookie cookie and yeah. i was like this is the wes anderson version of that where someone took a wes anderson movie and ground it into a flour that they used to make another wes anderson movie so it's like that but even more so right and it's like it's a little bit too much yeah so it's just sort of like even though technically the movie is incredibly impressive and there's a lot of care and love into it what it sort of represents kind of culturally and aesthetically seems to be too referential to itself um whether intentionally or not Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like hard to divorce like the artwork done from the <laughs> from the effect and from the saturation and from like yeah. following those movies also you know this is something i'm like uh sensitive to i i'm pretty sensitive to the idea of whether i'm allowed to like something or not um which <laughs> which i think i think it just comes from like be uh, kind of like having a you know uncool kid syndrome you know it's just like oh i want to make sure yeah. that i don't like get too excited about something that's not cool to like um but lately the way that like that <laughs> that's been like uh affecting me is um whenever something gets um kind of condemned for not being woke enough for some reason uh-huh um which there are so many things deserving of that and maybe arguably not deserving of that. Um, but it, it ruins my ability to just like watch it because, um, I'm so susceptible to like not wanting to really enjoy something that will make me (laughs) like, uh, that that means there's something wrong with me or, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, obviously, Isle of Dogs um, got a lot of flack for, like, you know... Being uh, a little bit appropriative. Yeah, and I think more than that, like, just, like, the like foreignness being a kind of a punchline. I haven't seen it, but, like, that's how people talk about it. You know, it's like all of the the dogs are English-speaking, and uh, all of the humans are are Japanese speaking and they're not translated at all. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I guess an argument can be made that it's like supposed to be a movie about the experience of 
they're using like a like the analog of being a dog in a human's world to like maybe being in like a culture that you don't understand or something. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily. I don't know. Like I think it just rubbed people the wrong way, and maybe mm-hmm. rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. 